Welcome to the Court to Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. This is the first episode of the month. So super quick, before we hop in, since our last episode, which was just about two weeks ago now, we put out our second newsletter, which is really a deep dive into all things court to corporate throughout the month. And then we also shared our first playback on Instagram, which was a quick recap of all the amazing guests that we had on the show. As I was looking at both, I was like, wow, October was a really big month for Court to Corporate. Like we had a lot going on on different ends and definitely just want to share with you guys and our podcast listeners all the great things and movement that we had going on. Of course, starting with this. So we had an unreal roster of athletes on the podcast last month. We had four episodes, all great conversations with perspectives across tech finance, entrepreneurship, and consulting. So it was great to bring in a lot of diverse perspectives across different industries. The second thing is that we released our first athlete spotlight. So we've been doing them for a while on Instagram, as I've mentioned before, but of course it is only official when it's on the website. So that first one is up. We had Vincent Bonds of the Yale track and field team join us for the debut. So head to our website to check that out. He shares his perspective from his internships at Goldman and his outlook now that he's in his senior year on the Yale track and field team. Um, And then the last thing is that Court to Corporate was featured in the Harvard Crimson. So shout out to the home team, home school. That was a really fun interview just to share more on the insight and inspiration behind what Court to Corporate is, why it exists, why this matters, um, all on a different platform. So if you're listening to this right now, scroll down, add those other episodes from October to your queue to catch up. Otherwise, we will link the Athlete Spotlight in our Harvard Crimson article in the show notes for you to check those out. All right, so on to today's episode. So the 1st of November, we are definitely keeping the same energy into this month. We have a great lineup of athletes joining us, starting with today's guest, Maggie Riddle. So I'm really excited to share this conversation, first personally, um, because I actually interned for Maggie when I was at the Patriots the summer after my freshman year. So this is very full circle, but most importantly, this is such an insightful conversation. We're walking through her journey from Tufts women's basketball to the New England Patriots to now getting her MBA at MIT Sloan. So we kick off the conversation with her time at Tufts and talk about how she applied her leadership off of the court within the athlete community and began to network her way into the sports industry. We then discuss how she used her love of psychology and sports as a guide to find alignment with her passion for sports business. And lastly, we wrap up with her lessons from the sports industry. So we really get into her time with the Patriots, what her role was like in customer marketing strategy, what types of work she was doing, and ultimately how she navigated growth early on in her career in the sports industry. 
So overall, I love this conversation. There's just so many great takeaways in here around how we can be intentional across our experiences and leverage networking to build our path. So before we hop in, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast to be the first to be notified about upcoming episodes for this month and beyond, of course. And as always, please share your feedback. Make sure to rate this podcast and leave us a comment with your thoughts so far. We want to hear it. Once again, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. And here's our conversation with Maggie Riddle. All righty. So thanks for joining us, Maggie. Let's start off with you. Tell us about yourself and your story. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, So to start off, I grew up in Connecticut, um, and I was an athlete all my life. Loved UConn women's basketball, a huge fan of them. Um, But I played soccer, basketball growing up. um, And when it got time to look at colleges, I definitely wanted to continue playing a sport, um, but I wasn't at D1, D2 level. uh, So I pursued D3. Uh, colleges, and I got into Tufts uh, and realized I could be a member of their women's basketball team. So I played there all four years, uh, loved my time during that. It wasn't until after I graduated that they started going to the national championships, but I would like to <laughs> say that I paved the way for them exactly. to do that. <laughs> you laid the foundation and the groundwork, so exactly, Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after my time at Tufts, uh, I worked for the Patriots in their customer marketing and strategy department. I uh, was there for four years. Uh, then I wanted to move on, uh, and I went to C-Space, which is just a boutique uh, marketing uh, consulting firm in downtown Boston, and now I'm currently getting my MBA at MIT Sloan. Awesome. Love your path. So talk to us a little bit about Tufts. I know you said they went to the championships after you left, but <laughs> would still just love to hear about your experience on the team and, and how you would describe it. Yeah, so... First off, I love being a part of the team. Um, It's just you have immediately friends for life, I feel like. Um, And just the experiences you go through, you just have your best friends right there. Uh, Whether it be going through 6 a.m. practices or uh, getting through a loss uh, with one another, uh, you definitely just have these unique bonding moments. Um, And I'm still friends with a lot of them today. So love my experience. Um, I would definitely say my role was more, um, I wasn't known for my on the court role. I I, I will be the first to say that I was not the star (laughs) player of the team. Um, I was definitely known more for my leadership off the court. Um, I was heavily involved um, with uh, SAC, uh, the student athlete uh, committee. Um, I was, by my senior year, I believe, I forget what the title was, but I had some form of leadership there, um, and I would uh, utilize that position to try to get more people to come to our games um, and just kind of connect the student-athletes with the broader Tufts University uh, student population. So it was I would take on those leadership roles, and then also I would act more as a mentor uh, to younger girls and kind of someone who they could turn to when um, things got tough for them, maybe coach was on their case and they were just going down um I was more of that person that they could turn to um and either get a laugh out of or put things in perspective um and it's been very um even though some may say why did you keep being on the team if you weren't getting playing time but um one thing that's been very uh I guess rewarding for me is whenever I go back um there have been girls who were my freshman my senior year um and they've 
turned to me and they're like, Maggie, I was thinking of maybe quitting basketball because it's D3 basketball. We're not on scholarship and it's a huge time commitment. <laughs> um, so there were moments where a lot of people were thinking like, is this worth it? Um, and apparently some freshmen, uh, my freshmen, they were like, Maggie, like I saw that you stuck it out. And uh, it was because of you that I continued to be on the team. And that freshman went on to play in the national championship game. So it that was just so rewarding for me because sometimes it's just, being someone to set an example to. Um, and I didn't even realize I was doing that. Um, so overall, I mean, yes, I wasn't the star player, but it was such a rewarding experience for me. Absolutely. I resonate with so much of what you just said. Can you talk more about like, whether it was your freshman year or your sophomore year, like even when you were younger, how did you, how did you think about like, okay, like, all right, like on the court, not for me. Like I understand like the realities may not get XYZ playing time, but like I still want to have a role on the team and like being of value to my teammates and like being a mentor. Mm -hmm. Like when did you like first make that shift or realization in your career? Yeah, I would say, I mean, as an underclassman, I think it's always you think, oh, once I'm an upperclassman, maybe I'll get more playing time. You know, like I need to earn my stripes. I need to, there's other girls who are more experienced. Um, So freshman, sophomore year, it's kind of, seeing how things played out, I guess. It was more when I got into my junior season and I was that upperclassman. Uh, people had graduated. I, I was a, a guard, so that was a very, especially in D3 basketball, <laughs> we don't have a lot of height, so I feel like everyone could be a guard if they wanted <laughs> to. So, um, so it was a very competitive uh, position, and I thought, okay, we graduated people. Maybe now is my time uh, that I can get some more playing time, and that wasn't happening. So it was through, I give a lot of credit to my coach, Carla, um, as well as the assistant coaches and upperclassmen of the time, or the seniors, um, and just like chatting them through and uh, kind of realizing through those conversations that my role is important and I need to be, okay, if I'm not on the court, I need to find a way to make sure the bench is all involved or I need to make sure that off the court dynamics are going well. Um, and it was chatting through with them that, and seeing that I do have value add, um, even if I'm not uh, the leading scorer or I don't really show up on a stat sheet, um, just being that locker room presence, being someone who puts things in perspective, um, I just think it was chatting through them during that time um, that I realized, hey, I can uh, kind of be play a different role. Maybe it's not the most glamorous, but <laughs> but it's still a very vital role for team dynamics um, and team chemistry. So, and then also with that, I just realized, Hey, I want to stay on this team. And I also wanted to pursue, stay involved in the committees I had uh, joined via athletics. So there was a lot of volunteering opportunities. I mentioned I was uh, part of the student advisory committee. um, And in order to still do those, I had to kind of be a student athlete (laughs) to do that. Um, You couldn't really run the student athlete committee if you're not a student athlete. So um, I just kind of saw that. (laughs) I just saw the opportunity that, hey, I can have a broader reach and take those leadership positions in these areas, um, even if I'm not a leader on the court. um, And it just, it was worth it for me to stick it out. Um, So I would say it's more around junior year that I realized, hey, I need to shift my perspective on what my role is um, and kind of how to best be the best version of myself in in those roles. Mm -hmm. You can really define your impact. And I think any 
captain or leader, um, I don't think you have to be a captain to say this, but like any leader on the team knows that like 90% of that work is off of the court. It's outside of those lines and it's about the foundation that you build with people outside of that. So I love what you're saying there. Can you talk more about what you explored off the court? So you talked about SAC, you talked about some of the volunteer opportunities that came with that and how you use Mm -hmm. those things to bring more people to your games. Talk more about how those also may have played with how you identified what you may be interested in outside of basketball from a career perspective. Yeah. um, So on top of that, I was also a psych major. And what I was realizing during my time is that I really loved consumer psychology and kind of what makes people tick. Um, So I actually, I think it was sophomore year, um, I took a social psychology class. And I loved the series we were talking about. So I started getting involved as a research assistant in the uh, psychology lab. And um, that even led to me doing a summer internship at Yale in their psych lab to kind of just be a research assistant, help out people who are trying to come up with these theories um, and validate or disvalidate theories that are out there in psychology. But it was during those experiences that I quickly realized I did not want to go into academia. <laughs> but but if you were to talk to me as a sophomore, I thought I was going to go on and get my PhD in psychology. Um, so it was during those experiences that I realized process of elimination, no thank you. Um, and I attended um, a career info session at the Red Sox because uh, I went to Tufts, so it was vocal. And they just had different people in different departments talk about what they do. And it made me realize that, hey, I can apply my love for consumer psychology via a business uh, perspective. And there are ways that I can continue with my love of sports through the sports industry. Um, So it was kind of those, like the aha moment, I would say then. I'm like, okay, let me uh, try to, because as an athlete, sports have been a part of your life since day one. And sports has allowed you to do such cool opportunities, like I said, with the volunteering or just creating lifelong friends. And it's just a unique experience that I, I quite honestly don't know what the person I would be without it. So it was so ingrained in my identity that I definitely wanted to continue it fit um, once I retired from DC Women's Basketball. So, so um, I uh, started to just kind of look at my network and identify anyone who had some connection um, or knew someone at uh, sports uh, sports teams, uh, whether that be minor league um, or professional uh, sports teams. And fortunately, my coach, Carla, she actually played AAU basketball against Jessica Delman, uh, who works at the Patriots, uh, and she connected me with her. And um, it was fortunate that they had a summer internship program that aligned with what I wanted to do. And so I did that, and the rest is history with the Pats. Love that. Can you talk more about the networking piece of that? So you realized, okay, this is my aha moment. I want to continue to explore this and make this impact on the other side of the game, right? But how then How then did you, like, pinpoint people to, like, talk with and chat through with this and further realize that? And, and then how, do, how are you intentional in sharing with them, like, what types of opportunities that you wanted to explore, given that you hadn't had your foot in the sports industry door? So how did you navigate mm-hmm. those conversations? Yeah, Um it definitely was a lot of LinkedIn stalking. <laughs> um, it was just uh, trying to identify uh, people who I would go to a team page or I would go to a sports company's page and just see if there was any uh, second, third connections that I could try to reach out to. I also tried utilizing um, the Tufts alumni network. Uh, there are a few people who 
um, are in sports, um, and sometimes they would respond to me and sometimes they wouldn't. Um, it's kind of, you just have to put the full court press on networking and people love to chat about themselves. So I found that even if it was 15 minutes of them just chatting about what they do and picking their brain, um, it was extremely valuable because I had more insight as to the structure of each company and kind of how, where I would sit, um, in terms of, being more uh, customer insights and marketing because um, each of that fits differently across different companies. So a lot of it was just kind of getting a lay of the land. And also, fortunately, at the end of conversations, it would typically lead to they would ask me about what I'm interested in. And I was able to speak to um, the student athletic advisory committee, as well as the marketing uh, that I would do to try to get people to come to games. And even though that my marketing for that was mainly me, uh, doing social media for our Tufts Athletics, um, it still, that was experience that is transferable and uh, can totally get blown up as to a talking point um, and kind of exemplify the impact you have made, even if it was, in your mind, so minimal, um, but you can really build that story up and out. And um, also, they understand that you are just in college, so <laughs> it's very hard to have um, extremely impactful experience. Um, it's more of, okay, what have you decided to utilize your time with? Um, and does that passion, do those interests align with kind of what the company stands for? So um, I would just say it was, I mean, I was very fortunate with uh, Carla having such a close relationship with Jessica. Um, but then at the same time, I was able to back it up uh, with how I presented myself and brought myself day to day at my internship. So um, Carla definitely went to bat for me, um, but I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm worth it. So, <laughs> so I mean, it, it, it worked out. <laughs> it all works out. Um, something you just said there that I think is so interesting and a lot of people need to hear is that you can really lay the foundation while while you're still in student athlete mode, right? Like you can do things like yeah. SAC, you can do your team social media, you can raise your hand for XYZ project, like whatever it exactly. may be, no matter how little you think it is it's all about how you craft the story at the end of the day, right? Like exactly. how, like what is, yep. what is the consistent thread through your resume? How are you crafting it together? And then how is it relating to what you want to pursue in sports or not even sports, like whatever industry it may be, you can really lay the groundwork and it doesn't have to be a full blown internship and whatever it is. I think that sometimes may defer people from, you know, wanting to even apply to things like I haven't done this, but you can actually do things while you're there. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. You know? yeah. I would echo everything that you just said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like nodding my head. Um, <laughs> talk to us about the internship. I'm familiar. I did it too. <laughs> but um, can you just tell us about it? It's like, what type of work were you doing? And how was the experience? Um, I guess in relation to, you know, the passion that you had for psychology. Yeah, definitely. So um, I was primarily involved a huge project that we do each year, which I believe you did as well. Um, there is the market research uh, Patriot Place initiative. So that was we would as interns, we would go out into Patriot Place and do intercept surveys uh, with people on site to try to capture customer uh, feedback regarding tenants uh, that were currently there and their experience with them, as well as opportunities for improvements and opportunities to bring in new tenants. So a lot of uh, my time was data collection. Um, and then 
when I would be in the office, it was kind of helping manage that data and cleaning the data. Um, and I wasn't due to the fact that we were interns and we had limited time in the office um, and also limited access to data, which I think that wasn't just the Patriots thing. I think anywhere you intern, I think you're going to have that red tape of you're not a full-time employee. So you may not always get the full context that you need or all of the data that you need um, right away to, I guess, make a huge impact or be the most effective. Um, but during my time there, even if the projects I was working on was not that glamorous um, or wasn't necessarily putting together the final report. Um, it was very much more just support. Um, I, what I did do was make sure that my attitude and how I brought myself into the office each day um, definitely made an impression. So I would say my time at the Patriots, I didn't necessarily make an impact, but I left a memorable impression. So when a job position did open up, um, I was top of mind for them to try to reach out. Um, but it was good. I mean, again, with an internship, you, you just have limited time. You have limited exposure to everything on the business side, but it was great to see that, um, things that I had learned in social psychology about how to, or experimental psychology of how to survey people, um, and how to exclude biases in your surveying, um, and stuff like that, that was directly transferred to that position. So, um, it was very cool to, be a part of that um, and kind of confirm that, hey, yeah, this department aligns with my love for consumer psychology. Um, and I mean, Jessica also, she was a psych major at Harvard. Um, so she also kind of channeled that uh, consumer focus. So it was nice to be with a leader who kind of shared that passion with you. Of course. Something you mentioned earlier, which I want to talk about um, as we get into this next topic here about your time Full-time, um, you mentioned, you know, customer mm-hmm. marketing strategy is different across companies, and it's important to know that. Can you mm-hmm. give us a mini 101 here? So what exactly is it, and then how did it manifest in the sports industry with the Patriots for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so customer marketing and strategy, I think some people think that they think of marketing, and they automatically think of, oh, you do social media or you're coming up with this marketing campaign. And actually on my department, it was more of we had the data uh, to help the people who are actually uh, running out and implementing these campaigns uh, were doing so effectively. So I was, my department, uh, we utilized the customer analytics to drive the strategy across all the different business verticals for the craft and make sure that the bottom line was growing for them. Um, so within our department, uh, we also had the customer marketing system, uh, which was managing our customer database. So they would utilize customer uh, engagement and email clicks and opens to uh, help different departments and different, um, whether it's the revs, Patriots, um, Patriot Place, pretty much every business unit uh, under the crafts, uh, they would make sure that they were effectively doing email campaigns that did get the right engagement, were sent to the right groups based off of a certain customer's engagement with the brand. Um, and then also in my department, uh, being strategy, there would be times when there would be a request coming from the top down uh, from the craft to Jessica of saying, hey, we have this idea. Um, one, for example, one being they wanted to uh, gauge uh, appeal for what is now the Optimum Field Lounge. Um, so they wanted to see, hey, we really want to try this new concept. 
we it would involve uh, stadium construction. Uh, so they just wanted a pulse to see if customers would be on board with that. So we ended up executing focus groups, and it then led to a yes uh, for that project. So that's an example of um, things we did. Um, I personally was more involved on the market research side of things. Uh, that kind of aligned with uh, my psychology background and the experience I had being a research assistant. Um, and so that entailed, at entry level, it entailed me just analyzing all of the survey data uh, that we would do, not only for season ticket members, um, for Patriots and Revolution, but then, like I mentioned, the Patriot Place survey that we would do. Um, and then it, there would be, there were those huge initiatives, but then there were also more event-based initiatives. So doing a post-event survey for uh, field day um, or for draft uh, draft preview event, um, making sure that attendees were had a good satisfaction or if there was any immediate action items that we had to do, um, just kind of digging through uh, that data to try to bring the voice of the customer to life um, so that when we did meet with different departments or different departments came to us with, hey, we want to do this idea, should we or not, we could then kind of help them be more strategic uh, about it, um, utilizing the customer analytics we had. That's amazing. You touched so many yeah. different spaces <laughs> while you were there, I can tell. Um, yes. Would love to hear more. In your in your learning phase, like backing up a little bit, you mentioned when you first went to the career fair for the Red Sox, you learned, okay, like I can continue this passion on the other side through each mm-hmm. role at the Patriots and just your overall time there, did you feel like you were able to fulfill that and fulfill your love for sports through your work in customer marketing and strategy and just being a part of the culture as a whole? Can you just talk about that experience and how it may have completed what you thought while you were an undergrad? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it's funny. So after I left the Patriots um, and pursued, pursued my time at the C-space, at C-Space, um, it's just funny, like chatting with my friends, I clearly light up when when I talk about sports um, versus the job I was at C-Space. Um, I mean, it was great, but I just wasn't lighting up when I was talking about the work I was doing. So it clearly kind of, I had to be removed from it, um, but it was that removal where I was like, oh, wait, I really do love doing this. So mm-hmm. um, there was that. I mean, also what was interesting, so I came in through kind of more the research side of things, uh, really enjoyed doing that. But due to the fact that the Patriots is very, uh, we it's a huge name, but in terms of number of employees, it's actually quite sparse. Um, that's the right word? I don't <laughs> There's not as it's many small. employees as you would expect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's small. Um, but due to that, you because it's so small, you get to be involved in aspects of the business that you would not be involved in uh, if I were at a huge company um, and it would take me years to try to get to that level. So mm-hmm. one thing, and I give credit to Jessica kind of having a sense of her employees, uh, one thing that she realized was that I liked the retail space um, and it wasn't through, it wasn't until I started getting more and more involved in that business that I realized, wow, I actually really do love this uh, this type of this industry and kind of this aspect of the sports business. Um, and it was, I was near the, my end there. I, my official title was retail planning and strategy manager, but ultimately what that meant was that I was using customer data and sales data to do 
forecasting for how many Brady jerseys should we order this season. Um, and I would, I think I was 25 at the time. So I don't know like who gave me that power, but, <laughs> but I had that power. Um, so, I mean, it's something like that where um, I was given access to such cool opportunities. Um, and also I was just able to kind of, yes, I still did market research. I still dabbled in that, but I was able to grow and explore different aspects of the business and, it was through that exploration that I kind of was able to get uh, my hands on the retail side and um, really realized I enjoyed that space. Love it. Can you talk about that exploration and how it's guided your career decisions beyond the Patriots? So going to C Space and now you're back at MIT. Can you just talk about yeah. I know you just started <laughs> and midterm is already yeah. upon us, as we mentioned before um, hopping into this. But yeah, just talk to us about those steps. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, through the business application process, I definitely realized that part of my story, which everyone, it's all about your story, <laughs> is what I found. Buzzword of the um, century. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, um, I definitely, what's kind of guided me throughout my career is my passion for understanding the why behind consumer behavior. Um, so, during my time as more on the academia side, that was more theoretical, understanding the why um, but then when in the business context, it was, okay, sales data is saying this, but why, why is that happening? So mm-hmm. say for the Patriots, one uh, retail location was selling through sweatshirts at a rate that was so much higher than another, uh, another location. Like, what is the why behind that? Not the operations behind that, but more of, okay, what, why is that happening? And using surveys, using customer uh, analytics and different models to kind of explore that more. Um, so it got to a point at the Patriots where, um, it just, there weren't new, I mean, due to the, it's a very, um, good problem to have, but when you're the Patriots and you're winning, uh, the business problem, (laughs) you don't have a lot of business problems that you need to act off of right then and there. Um, so I was looking for a, a bigger challenge, um, just because even if you, there are these insights that, um, may lead to a better experience or may uh, lead to a new initiative, um, you don't necessarily have to act off of it because you have a 99% ticket renewal. So um, it just wasn't as challenging. So I decided to explore, and I also had been in sports uh, my entire career. So I just wanted to find a place where I could explore more um, industries. And the easiest uh, place to do that would be for a consulting firm. <laughs> um, you get involved in so many different industries, so many different projects. So that landed me at C-Space, um, which that company, they definitely uh, cheerlead the fact that they are customer centric and they are trying to bring the voice of the customer to life for all of their clients. Um, and that just kind of aligned with what I had been doing. So I went there um, and realized quickly that I miss sports. <laughs> um, but I also, but I also realized during that um, time that for me, every change I've made in my career, it's because I've been wanting to learn more, or it's because I've been taking a look ahead and saying, okay, these projects are in the pipeline. Out of these projects, how can I add a bullet item to my resume? Um, and it just got to a point at, at the Patriots where. I wasn't going to be able to add more bullet items. It was just going to be iterations of the same thing I had been doing. Um, and then when I got to C-Space, I kind of quickly realized that um, it wasn't giving me the business acumen, uh, what I wanted in terms of learning more about business. And 
broadening my business acumen. So that is when I decided, okay, I need to actually <laughs> learn the fundamentals of business, uh, do my time, um, and invest in my future. Uh, and so I decided to look at uh, business school. Um, and I've been very fortunate that that process worked out and I'm at MIT. Um, but ultimately, it's my whole career has been trying to understand the why behind consumer behavior and if I'm still learning. And if I'm not, then it's, okay, what can the next step be so that I can be tacking more things onto my resume? Of course. Would love to finish up with some advice. So as you just mentioned, I I think the kind of key pillars that I'm pulling from this are wanting to learn more, trusting your passion for consumers, and then following your love for sports, which you realized once you're in it, and then also once you're outside of it. Can you (laughs) talk to us about how your athlete has cared with you along each step along the way? Not only being an employee and a student, student, former student athlete, but then also having managed people and seeing those who are student athletes and those who are not. I just, I advocate for hiring student athletes all the time. Um, I mean, we just, we embody uh, kind of all the traits that a manager or an employer would want. So things that was ingrained in us throughout our careers of time management, attitude, um, humbleness, I would say those are the three, three things that have really stuck with me um, and kind of also differentiate me from my peers. Um, so time management, I mean, as an athlete, we're obviously juggling practice, uh, studies, social life, sleep, et cetera, um, so that when you are in a very fast-paced environment, which the sports industry is, um, I feel like every industry is nowadays, but um, it's, you have the ability to prioritize your time, uh, know when to know how to knock things off quickly and effectively while still producing a good product. Um, and then also I would say my attitude and kind of my humbleness is what also distinguishes my, myself from others. Um, so my attitude, I think that was kind of built in ingrained in me, especially during my time at Tufts where, yeah, I wasn't the star, uh, star player. Um, but I still brought a positive attitude to every game, to every practice. Um, and it was having that positivity is something that my managers love and, um, also just my peers, it creates, I kind of, my energy and that attitude just kind of motivates teams. And that's, uh, has been very effective. Um, and then humbleness as well. Um, I mean, again, I think that goes back to not being a star player, um, but realizing that my role is still significant, um, and just kind of having more self-awareness of, okay, this is my role. Um, how can I be the best at it that I can be? Um, even if I'm not going to be getting all the accolades, um, or the recognition that some of my peers are. Um, so that as well. Of course. And any advice for current student athletes that are interested in building a similar path to yours, what can they do right now? Yeah, I would say what we chatted about earlier, just how, even if you think that an initiative you're involved in on campus is small, it, it can actually get blown up and, uh, kind of be woven into your story. Um, so I wouldn't, I would say do not overlook uh, the things you're currently doing as not significant because they are. Um, And it's just kind of how you tell that story, how you build it up. Um, And I would also recommend if, say, you are involved in in some things on campus, but there's a group that's missing or there's a certain passion you want to pursue and there's not a club that aligns with it, go make it yourself. Um, That would show such initiative um, and would be a great story as well. 
um, to try to be able to blow up and kind of create your own path, um, I guess. Um, and then also, I mean, it all comes down to networking at the end of the day, especially if you're trying to tap into the sports industry. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have gotten the Patriots position if it was, weren't for my coach. Um, so it is definitely taking the time to uh, research companies, research your network, assess your network and identify those people who will be advocates for yourself. Um, and then I would also recommend Okay, so say you made a networking connection at this point, I would also say cultivate that. Um, I know like with you, you are one of my interns and we can still hop on a call and do a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so like it's all about um, cultivating those relationships even after you've made it. Um, and one thing I would also recommend just because I've seen it uh, on the receiving end is just always thank people for their time. Um, you would be surprised at how many people I've taken time to chat with, um, even if I'm not a whether it's I'm I'm hiring them for an interim position or I'm just doing an informational interview with them, um, I don't get thank you notes. (laughs) And so I just, which boggles me. And I um, would say that a huge way that I was memorable at the Patriots was that I wrote handwritten thank you notes to my superiors. Um, And it just, it's so easy to do, especially with our phones nowadays. Um, And it's the right thing to do. Uh, People are taking time for you to, uh, taking time out of their day to chat with you. Um, so I would say recognize uh, the time that people have given you um, and thank them for it. All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcast, DM us or contact us on our website. Whatever is easiest. We want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives, and more pro tips on the way.